listening to Tazzy Encounters on Faith FM, and we're coming to you live right across Australia from Hobart, Tasmania. Good old sunny Hobart today. It is a beautiful sunny day down here. And of course, uh, you can catch us each weekday at 9am, and uh, if you're listening from somewhere in Tasmania, you can catch us at 4.30pm each weekday as well. And every Tuesday, we've had Gary Webster in the studio, and he joins us again today, uh, continuing his series, Lifetime Search. Welcome, Gary. Hi, Jason. Good to be here again. I enjoy this time. It's great. It is good to catch up with you each week and uh, obviously to delve into the scriptures and uh, all of the history and archaeology that we've covered. It's been good. Now, uh, today, or I'm going to ask you just a simple, easy question this week, Gary. Um, what did you get up to this last weekend? We had beautiful weather down here. What did you get up to? Uh, yeah, I got up to some. I was. I went to King Island actually. Ah, uh, that's a beautiful place over there. Oh, awesome. oh, actually, I was thinking of Flinders, but King, no, King Island's Island, good King too. Island. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, Friday, beautiful day to fly out there, see the beautiful ocean there below, and the and the and the reefs. You could you could see everything. It was magical. Come back on on Sunday, same thing again. Yeah, great time up there at King Island. Lovely people. Yeah. Awesome scenery too, Jason. And, yeah. Uh, actually, I, I, I nearly trod on a snake too while I was up there. Really? Yeah, we are out in the paddock looking at uh, some friends' uh, some friends' uh, vegetable patch they'd put in and I said, oh, look at that, down there. The guy says, oh, it's only a copperhead, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was big enough to give well, you a good bite, but anyway. <laughs> in, in Tasmania, all our snakes are poisonous. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, this one, yeah. this one, yeah. But the flight was marvellous, yeah. Of course, Jason, it wasn't so good on the mainland. Now. I think New South Wales and... They've had some flooding. Uh, or something yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. But, yeah, it was good down here and a good one today. We ought to be doing this outside. Yeah, <laughs> beautiful, yeah. It'd be nice. We might get a little bit hot, though, <laughs> in the sun. Nevertheless, anyway, uh, today, uh, just a reminder of our show number, our Tassie Encounters number, that's 0488 that's 0488 write that down, uh, put it somewhere safe, and uh, later in the program we'll have a free book offer that you can claim uh, using that number. Um, if you've uh, wanted to catch up on some of the past episodes that we've done, you can do that on the Faith FM website. That's faithfm.com.au, or you can use the Faith FM Australia app, which you can get from your app store on your phone or tablet. Just search for Faith FM Australia in the app store. Now, uh, Gary, last week I think we covered the topic of the apocalypse. How will the world really end? Um, there's some pretty big, uh, pretty big topics here, I guess, and uh, yeah. this week's no different. Uh, Armageddon and the death of death. Yeah, well, we're going to talk more about the Armageddon bit today. Yeah, but yeah, very important topic. Yeah, and uh, very interesting. So, buckle your seatbelt because here we go. Okay. <laughs> You know, Jason, I, I, I love going to Israel and I take people there and we always take them to a place called Megiddo. Megiddo is, uh, looks out across a very, very fertile plain called the Plain of Jezreel. And it's in this plain that many people believe that the great battle of Armageddon will one day be fought. That's the idea in this valley in Israel. It's actually at the bottom of the Mount Carmel Range. The Battle of Armageddon. I guess you've heard about that. I'm I sure have. many of our listeners have, and Hollywood's made it famous as well. So what is the Battle of Armageddon? That's a good question. 
Well, in order to understand this battle, we have to put it in the context of a very famous subject in the book of Revelation, because this is where this word comes from, the book of Revelation, and it's called the millennium, or the thousand years, milli, thousand annum years. So this is found in Revelation 20, but in the Bible, originally, there were no chapters in the Bible. Right. They got put there later on by people so we could find the place we're talking about when we talk together. See? So it really it's, it includes Revelation 19 and Revelation 20, and it continues on into 21 as well. So the thousand years. When we look at the subject of the thousand years, and we'll be covering that today and also next week, Jason. We're not going to finish it all today. When we look at the subject of the thousand years, we find there are two resurrections, one at either end. Mm. There's a resurrection called the resurrection of life at the beginning. That's the first resurrection. The second one is called the resurrection of condemnation. And it ends with what the Bible terms the second death, which means there is no resurrection after the second death. All right. So let's look about the first resurrection. I want you to read for us Revelation 20, verse 5 and 6. And we pick up this phrase and then we'll be able to move into the subject of Armageddon. Okay, this is uh, from Revelation 20, chapter, uh, verses 5 and 6. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is he who has part in the first resurrection. Over such the second death has no power, but they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. Okay, we're going to understand all about that a little later on and next week as well. But you notice it says... This is the first resurrection and mm. blessed and holy, meaning those who are who are God's kids, God's friends. The first resurrection is for them. Now we talked about that last week. You'll recall in the in the subject of the apocalypse. Yep. It's called the blessed hope. Remember yes. that the blessed hope, where Christ um, he comes for his friends. We talked about that. But what we want to do now is move on a little more. Now, so okay, that's what happens to God's friends when Jesus returns. They are taken with Him, the living, and those who were dead, they're raised to life. We talked about that. Well, what about those who have lost their moral compass, so to speak? Meaning, those who hold on and cling to sin and won't let it go. They they won't plug into the life support system. These people, Revelation makes it very plain, and so did Jesus when He was here. They become the enemies of God's friends. They turn on them. Jesus said, a man's enemies will be those of his own household. Mm. Uh, He mentioned that very clearly. Uh, Well, what happens to these people? Well, that brings us to the world's great battle or greatest battle, Armageddon. Now, the subject we're going to move into, Jason, is not for the faint of heart. (laughs) Uh, We're going to talk about wars and battles, the wrath of God, and, you know, almost it it's almost freaks people out. But there's a mm. reason it's in the Bible. And I want to talk about that for a moment before we get into it. First of all, let's understand this. We're going to see passages which talk about the wrath of God. But what we must remember is when we had the subject about hell a couple of weeks ago, you'll recall that we talked about the fact that Jesus took the wrath of God. Mm. He said, Father, let me... He, he suffered. He, he drank that cup. What cup? The cup of wrath. He took that in our place. So nobody needs to have the wrath of God if only we plug into the life support system so God can see what's coming. Mm. Now, let me, let me, I think the simplest way to illustrate this is, you know, we've got a, mums listening to us right now and dads, of course. But, you, you know, if you, if, you, if you live beside a freeway, you're going to tell your kids, aren't you? Listen, 
don't play near the freeway. You know, the ball's going to run out in the road and the kid's naturally going to run after it and get mm. run down. So so mum says to them, now don't play near the freeway. Now just imagine one day mum's at the kitchen sink uh, and overlooks the freeway and she sees little Billy and Susan, just little t- t- tykes, playing right beside the, the freeway. Now do you think she's going to sort of um, think to herself, oh man, I'm worried about this. Uh, so I think I better tiptoe down t- to the to the road and tap them on the shoulder and say, "Mummy told you, remember, don't play near the road." I think she'd probably scream out. <laughs> I reckon you're right. She's going to pull that window open. She's going to yell out, "Get back here, kids now, pronto!" Is that because she hates the kids? Because she speaks so strongly? No, no it's she, a, it's a matter of urgency. It's a matter of urgency. Yeah. It's a matter. Of, she can see a truck coming. Mm. She's concerned for her kids. She loves them. So God sometimes has to shout to us because many times. We don't take notice. We don't, we don't think. We don't see the consequences. So this is where we see encounter some of these. So let's get into this Armageddon thing, but mm. with that little bit of a caveat. The word Armageddon is actually mentioned under the sixth plague. That's the, that's where, that's the first and only time it's mentioned. And in this portrayal, John sees a gathering of people to the Battle of Armageddon. This is not the Battle of Armageddon. It's going to come in the seventh plague, but it's the gathering of people to that battle. You can read for us, Jason, Revelation 16, verse 14 to 16. Now listen carefully when you read. Hmm. For they are spirits of demons performing signs which go out to the kings of the earth and of the whole world to gather them to the battle of that great day of God Almighty. Behold, I am coming as a thief, and they and they gathered them together to the place called Hebrew in Hebrew Armageddon. Right. Now there's some very interesting things that we need to notice in these three verses. Number one, Armageddon is not man's battle. Did you notice that? Mm, it's it's called, God's battle. Yeah, yeah, it's called the battle of the great day of God Almighty. So we have to think about that. Mm. It's not man's battle. God says it's my battle. Uh, God's battle, the battle of great day of God Almighty. Secondly, it culminates with Christ's return, because you just read it. In, as he says, he's, it's, it's said there that, go to gather them to the battle of the great day of God Almighty. And the very next thing he says, behold, I come quickly. I'm coming, sorry. Behold, I come as a thief. Mm. So in other words, he's connecting Armageddon with the return of Jesus Christ here. I'm coming as a thief, meaning I'm coming unexpectedly, as we saw last week. Now, the battle of Armageddon is portrayed, as we said, in the seventh plague. And we'll come to that when we come back from a break, I reckon, Jason. And then we'll pick up what John says. Okay, well, this uh, first song, "Don't Waste Your Life" by Ginny Owens, and I, I guess it's uh, it's talking about how we need to make decisions now, and we need to act on those because uh, we don't want it to be too late. Exactly. Here it is. Don't waste your life. trying to make a living but I haven't got a life chasing dreams with tunnel vision I'm running out of time somewhere I lost what I've been missing I look but never find I never find 
stop long enough to pray for wisdom, and I waited for an answer. Opened up my heart to listen. What is it I'm here for? And in the noise of all my questions, I finally heard a whisper, a still small whisper. For a better day, you know that would be a shame. Shine, shine your light bigger, brighter for the whole world to see. Play your part in history. Don't waste your life. So I'm making this my mission. Oh, I made up my mind. Even I can make a difference, one story at a time. When I forget what I've been given, I can always find a lesson in these lines. Don't waste your life wishing, hoping, waiting for a better day. It would be a crying shame. Shine, shine your light bigger, brighter for the whole world to see. We'll play a part in history, so don't waste your life. Ooh, yeah. Don't waste your life and every choice that you make. Every chance that you take, don't waste your life. And every prayer that you pray, and every I love you that you say, don't waste your life. And when you're falling, yourself afraid, just repeat this simple phrase. Don't waste your. Hoping, waiting for a better day. Trust me, that would be a shame. Shine, shine your light bigger, brighter for the whole world to see. I'll play your part in history. Welcome back to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM. Today we're speaking with Gary Webster on the topic of Armageddon. And, you know, when uh, we were talking just during the break here, you know, I was saying that many, many movies are based on this theme of a battle between good and evil. Mm. And uh, just about all of them finish with, uh, with good triumphing. That's you know, how it ends in this one from the Bible. Too. Yeah, so isn't it interesting that we have this uh, this theme that mm. goes on, and and it ultimately is the theme of the Bible, and uh, yeah, we're exactly. going to talk more about this today. So, um, but not only that, Jason, many films uh, uh, come from the Bible. Mm. People talk about the Mark of the Beast, six six six, Apocalypse, 
Armageddon. These are all words from the Bible, actually. Mm. <laughs> it's interesting. Even if people don't even necessarily believe in God, they pick up Bible themes unwittingly many times. Um, just on that note, uh, Gary, later in the program we're going to have a free offer and it's a, it's a booklet today called The End of the World. It's a special edition of the uh, Science Magazine. So The End of the World is our uh, free booklet offer today. We'll give you uh, the code for that later in the program. By the way, Jason, we have a number of book offers we're making with the Science Special Editions. They are excellent material, mm. special editions on all sorts of topics and this is one of them. Mm. Mm. Fantastic, and it's very much uh, relating to this, and it, I, I believe it talks about Armageddon it does, as well. Yeah. Mm. So we need to move on with our discussion today. Right, we were talking about the Battle of Armageddon and the we Seventh were. Plague. I mentioned that it's the it's the Seventh Plague that actually discusses the Battle of Armageddon. Remember, it's linked to the return of Jesus because we just read right from John there. But you read for us Revelation sixteen. 17, sorry, Revelation 16, 17, 18, and 20, those verses. It says, Then the seventh angel poured out his bowl into the air, and there was a great earthquake. Then every island fled away, and to the mountains, sorry, and the mountains were not found. Right. Now, Jason, if we go to Revelation chapter 4 to 8, we pick up the seven seals and the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Mm. And you'll notice earthquakes are mentioned again because under the sixth seal of the four horsemen of the apocalypse, and we're not going to get into those, we find this a great event. It's connected again with the return of Jesus. Read for us uh, Revelation chapter uh, 6, verse 14 to 17, and notice what John sees as Jesus is returning. Then the sky receded as a scroll when it is rolled up, and every mountain and island was moved out of its place. That's, you, uh, that's repeated from, uh, or similar to what we just... Yeah, the, that's the, an earthquake, isn't it? Yeah, the mountains, <laughs> the mountains are going to be shaken. Yeah. Uh, every, every slave and every free man hid themselves in the caves and in the rocks of the mountains and said to the mountains and rocks, Fall on us and hide us from the face of him who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of his wrath has come, and who is able to stand? Now, you'll notice it talks about the wrath of who this time? This the wrath of the Lamb. The Lamb, yeah. This is the same Lamb that took the wrath. Now, sadly, God has to bring justice. Mm. That's how it's portrayed here. But anyway, we see that earthquake. Now, this is return, what happened, and this is connected with the return of Jesus. Now, let's come back now to Armageddon. Where does this word come from? Well, scholars believe it comes from two words, um, which are you know, biblical words, especially the second one. That is Ha-Megiddon. Now, Ha means mountain, and Megiddo was a city fortress that you can still visit today. I take people to Megiddo, and this was once a great city right by an important trade route that ran from Egypt right up to to uh, what we would call Turkey today and through to Mesopotamia. And so this was a very strategically located city overlooking this great plain where many mighty battles were fought. And Megiddo, tell Megiddo where the archaeologists are digging, uh, it had about 31 civilization levels. In other words, it was occupied for hundreds, thousands of years. And uh, you can see when you get on top of Megiddo, it overlooks this plain. So... Ah means mountain, Megiddo means slaughter, the actual word. So it's the mountain of slaughter or destruction. 
That's what this word means. Now, the valley just below, the plain just below, the plain of Jezreel, yeah, this was the place where Gideon fought his great battle. Do you remember the story of Gideon, Jason? Yeah, I I, uh, I need to read up on it again, but yes, I do remember. He had, and he I had remember three hundred guys, didn't he? Yeah, and he and he he didn't um, he didn't fight in a conventional way. No, he didn't. Yeah, he uh, he followed some instructions that. Uh, yeah, a, a torch in their hand and that's shouting it. out, and yeah. took the, I think it was like thirty thousand people, and yeah. they, they won this battle with three hundred. Yeah, yeah. So, in other words, what's happening? God delivers his people, because Gideon didn't do it, Mm. by putting down their enemies. Their enemies have to be put down to deliver God's people. Another great battle took place, you read it in the book of Judges, between with Deborah and Barak. Deborah was a prophetess in the Bible, and Barak was the commander of the army, and they won a huge battle on this same plane. Mm. This same plane also, and just above it, was the Mount Carmel Range, because this is at the end of the Mount Carmel Range, Megiddo. Uh, this is where Elijah had a great showdown mm. as to who was God in Israel. Remember that story? Yeah, I do remember that one. Quite fascinating, because the, the, the prophets of Baal, and there were 850 of them gathered, and Elijah had told King Ahab, you get everybody up on top of that mountain. Mm, which well, overlooks this and, valley, and we'll see who the real God is. We'll see who the real God is, and of course, they, you know, they called out to their gods, and Baal didn't hear. Finally, mm. Elijah play, prays a simple prayer, and what happens? The, the fire uh, comes the, down, yeah, and, yeah, and then Elijah. Him. But the next important thing is Elijah says, "Catch those priests, these eight hundred and fifty prophets of Baal, mm. because they have led the nation into." Terrible sin. Mm. For example, the Baal worship in the Phoenician Baal worship, they would practice temple prostitution and child sacrifice. We mentioned that in an earlier program, as I recall. Mm. So Elijah said, catch them, and he slaughtered them Mm. down at the valley of Jezreel, where there's a small stream that you can visit. Mm. And he killed them because they were corrupting the nation. They were leading the whole nation astray. Things were getting messed up. Now, I want to come back now to the book of Revelation with that little bit of a picture in mind of, of Elijah. When you go to the book of Revelation, you encounter three beasts. Mm. There's a dragon, there's a beast from the sea, and a beast from the land. And these three powers lead the whole world to worship the devil. That's what the Bible says, okay? You read for us Revelation 13, verse 3, 4, and 12, and then we'll see what's happening with this battle of Armageddon. And all the world marveled and followed the beast. So they worshipped the dragon who gave authority to the beast, and they worshipped the beast. Uh, he causes the earth and those who dwell in it to worship the first beast. What's the word that keeps popping up, Jason? Well, the beast and yeah. worship. Worship, yeah. worship, worship. Three yeah. times. Mm. You see, the end time scenario will be the issue of worship. Who will we give our allegiance to, mm. our worship? Will it be God? Or will it ultimately be the devil? Because Jesus said, he who is not with me is against me. So in, in the big scene of things, if people worship the the beast, they really worship the dragon or Satan, which John uh, informs us is. So what happens next in the story of Revelation after this showdown of the gods? Because what happens next in Revelation is there are three angels. In chapter 14, they counter these three beast powers and they say, no, worship God who made heaven and earth. So the issue is worship. Will you Mm. worship Satan or will you worship God as creator? And then Jesus comes in Revelation 14. He comes, what does he? He rescues his people. He comes like one, it says, with a sickle. In other words, he's reaping the the harvest, so to speak. Mm. 
And that's the Battle of Armageddon. Now, what happened in Elijah's story? The priests were slaughtered. Mm. Now, in the story of the Bible, those who cling to sin, who, who are part of the beast power, who are part of their, the, given their allegiance ultimately to the devil, now comes the destruction. Mm. And those are, those are people who have consciously made a decision to uh, reject God. Oh, of course. God does not destroy people just for the sake of it. Mm. No, no. He, he, people, he, people have made a, a conscious decision, as you said, to say, I really don't want God in my life. I want to unplug from the life support system. And we've said it before. Why does, why do they die? Because God is the source of life. Mm. That's, that's, right. and that's why God warns us. Mm. Don't, uh, don't unplug because there is no life without me. Mm. I want you to read for us uh, some pretty powerful verses here now, Jason. Um, Revelation 19, verse 11, 14, and 15. Now I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse, and he who sat on it judges and makes war, and his name is called the Word of God. Out of his mouth goes a sharp sword, that with it he should strike the nations. He himself treads the winepress of the fierceness and the wrath of the Almighty God. Well, that sounds pretty bad, doesn't it? <laughs> but the point is here, what do you see? We see a war. Yeah. Now, Jesus is not really coming down the sky on a white horse. Mm. This is a picture of what happened in ancient times when a king's his subjects were taken captive by the enemy. Now he's coming along with his armies to put down the enemies and to rescue his people. So it's a picture of Jesus coming to rescue his kids from their enemies in the end of time. And he calls it the wrath of God. He's, he's angry with the enemies because they're trouncing on his kids kids. They're, mm. they're pushing his people down. That's the picture we have. Mm. I think we've got time for one more. Well, let's pick now. I want to, I want to read this next verse when we come back, Jason, because it's a very powerful verse and we need to explain it be, uh, before we move on. Okay, let's uh, go to our next break. This is King of Kings by Caleb and Kelsey. In the darkness we were Without light Till from heaven you came running There was mercy in your eyes To fulfill the law and prophets To a virgin came the word From a throne of endless glory To a cradle in the dirt
and held its breath Till that stone was moved for good For the lamb and conquered death By his blood and in his name In his freedom I am free For the love of Jesus Christ Who has resurrected me Praise the Father Praise the Son Praise the Spirit Three in one God of glory Majesty Praise forever To the King of Kings Praise forever To the King of Kings This program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM, and uh, we've been talking with Gary Webster about the topic of Armageddon. And uh, just before the break, we're about to read, I think, another passage of Scripture. We've, we're we reading were. some powerful uh, words here from Revelation. And uh, I think we're going to go on and uh, read some more. Yeah, well, remember what we saw was that Jesus comes like on a white horse. It pictures Mm. his return as on a white horse, not because he's coming on a white horse, but because he's coming to put down the enemies of his friends, to rescue them. Mm. Justice must be done. Jason, we were just yakking about the fact that justice sometimes is thrown out the window in society even sometimes, Mm. you know, Mm. and people don't want laws. They just want to be able to do their own thing, and and but what sort of a, we would live in a world of anarchy mm. if 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 rapists could just continue on and people could steal your stuff. Don't worry about it. I mean, it's not it's unkind. Oh, come on, that's not being kind to the other people. Mm. So yes, God has this idea that justice, because in actual fact, love is a two sided coin. On one side, there's mercy, mm. but on the other side is justice. You mm. don't have love unless you have justice. Mm. You really don't. And 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 most people, I think, uh, most uh, reasonable people, um, are, are quite okay with justice for you know perhaps murderers and you yeah. know some of the extreme crimes that we've had mm. you know that that people commit. Um, they're okay with that, but mm. sometimes we're not okay with justice for ourselves. That's true. That's true. Yeah, we, <laughs> and we, we, and we perhaps like the smaller one. things, you know, perhaps if I'm caught speeding, I don't really want to pay the fine. <laughs> I want to be let off. And yet that same law is to protect people. Exactly. You know, yeah. to, to, to save lives. So, yeah. 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 All right, let's come back to another passage. Jason, what uh, what we see this time is is quite a, a, a graphic portrayal, and, and then I'll explain what it means. Revelation 19, 19 to 21, same picture of Jesus on the white horse. See what happens. And I saw the beast, the king of the earth, and their armies gathered together to make war against him who sat on the horse. What do we have here? A battle, see? Yeah, it's a battle. Uh, he sat on the horse and against his army. Then the beast was captured, and with him the false prophet, who deceived those who received the mark of the beast. These were these two were cast alive into the lake of fire, burning with brimstone, and the rest were killed with the sword of him who sat on the horse, and all the birds were filled with their flesh. 
Okay, now you can it's see... It's not a very nice picture. It's not a nice <laughs> picture, but it, it's, it's, it's pictures taken from life. Mm. Now, the beast is not a real beast. No. It represents a system that's, that's corrupted the world. And so this beast is thrown into the, into the fire, so to speak. And with the false prophet, the false prophet's the second beast in Revelation chapter 13, the one that comes up out of the land who deceives mm. people uh, and so on. So you will notice what happens. You read it at the last bit. You said the rest, that is those who are part of those systems, those people who cling to sin, they are killed with the sword of him who sat on the horse and the birds were filled with their flesh. What's that a picture of? Well, when you have carnage, mm. vultures and birds fly around. So this mm. is a picture of total destruction. In other words, Jason, I want to say something here that we need to understand clearly. Everybody who clings to sin and holds on to it and will not give it up, will not, will just want to live that sort of a life, they are destroyed. That's the way the Bible portrays it at the second coming. There are no second chances here. And this is something that God is warning us because it's easy to put off the decisions that should be made today to another day. There are some people who believe that, well, during the thousand years, there's a chance for people to repent. No, God says, this is destruction when Jesus returns for those who cling to sin. I've died for everybody so they can they can turn from sin. I did everything I could. But if you choose to cling to sin, there's a consequence. And I'm telling you about this consequence years, 2,000 years before it happens so that when it happens, you, you, know, you, you won't have that situation. Mm. So everybody's destroyed. There are no second chances. That's why the Bible always says today is the day. Now is the time of salvation. There's no tomorrow will be okay. No, do it now because we don't even know, Jason, you and I don't even know whether we'll finish this program, mm. quite honestly. Mm. I, I mean, I was... I was. At I a, hope we do. I hope we do. <laughs> but I was at a seminar one day when a gentleman in that seminar just dropped dead right there. Mm. And none of us know what the next future, what the next few minutes hold for any mm. of us. So God says, today is the day because I love you. Mm. Don't put off the decisions. And so this, this subject is telling us, no, when Jesus comes, that's it. Time uh, for decisions is over. So sinners are destroyed at Christ's return, which is what Paul says. Read for us 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 8. When Jesus comes, what happens to those who cling to sin or lawlessness? And then the lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord will consume with the breath of his mouth and destroy with the brightness of his coming. Ah. So that, that's it. Uh, I guess the result is the same. It's a different picture to the picture. earlier yeah, one. Exactly. It? It's yeah. a different picture, but the result's the same. Yeah. At the coming of Jesus, in other words, we're seeing those who connect to the life support system to Jesus, who plug in, who say, Lord, I, I, I give up my way and I turn to Jesus, they are secure on this time. But those who cling to sin, no, God is warning them, destruction is coming. And that's why John says in Revelation 20, verse 5 to 8, Jason, uh, notice what it says just in a, in a summary verse there for us. It says, but the rest of the dead did not live again until a thousand years were finished. So in other words, those who cling to sin, who die before Jesus comes, who were destroyed at that point, they don't live again until the end of the thousand years. Because remember, there's a second resurrection. Mm. So this is the battle of Armageddon. Now, I've been to Jez, to, uh, to Megiddo a number of times now and take people there. And I, I can tell you, this is only a very small area. There's no way you're going to put all the armies of the world in here. Mm. And everybody knows that who, who knows their geography. God is not talking about bringing in a whole bunch of soldiers. Now, this is a global thing that happens when Jesus comes. 
And it, again, most of um, uh, Revelation is symbolic in nature. Exactly. And so we're not literally talking about uh, Jesus riding on a horse with no, a sword. Nor are we talking about a lamb. Revelation mentions mm. the lamb 28 times. We're not mm. talking about a lamb. No, that's Jesus who died like mm. a lamb. Mm. And so the dragon is not a real dragon. Yeah. <laughs> it represents right. Satan. Yeah. So this Armageddon, now this is the, this is, this, this represents the destruction of the enemies of God's friends at the coming of Jesus because he has to put down their enemies to rescue his kids. Mm. So this is the picture. So, you know, this is not talking about some plane of Jezreel where the, there's no way you're going to fit 200 million soldiers in there. I can tell you, you won't even fit half, a quarter of that. Mm. You know, it's just too small. Um, so no. So what about Satan then? I mean, we saw, remember you read, the beast is thrown into the fire and the, the false, false prophet. prophet. Those two of the great institutions that John talks about. Now, what about the dragon? What happens to him? Well, we better pick up on that right now and we'll, we'll start on that. He's bound for a thousand years, according to the Bible here, Jason. Mm. I want you to read for us Revelation chapter 20, verse 1 to 3. Then I saw an angel coming down from heaven, having the key to the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. He laid hold of the dragon, that serpent of old, who is the devil and Satan, and bound him for a thousand years. And he cast him into the bottomless pit and shut him up and set a seal on him so that he should deceive the nations no more till the thousand years were finished. But after these things he must be released for a little while. What on earth is all that about, some people are wondering. <laughs> well, let's just pick it apart bit by bit. What does bound in a bottomless pit? Is there some sort of a black hole in space that the, the devil is thrown into? Is that or, what it's, or on the earth. Or on the <laughs> yeah. earth, yeah. Well, we can, we can understand that very quickly. Um, the word bottomless pit comes from a Greek word called abusos, or we say abyss. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's translated as bottomless pit. But this word is used for the earth in other places. Read for us the very first couple of verses of, Reve of Genesis or in the beginning of the Bible. Read Genesis 1 verse 2 for us, Jason. It says, The earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. Now, when when the the, the Bible writers translated the Hebrew into the Greek, because the Old Testament was written in, in Hebrew, when they translated the Greek, this word, the earth was without form and void, they used the word abyss. So the earth was in a sort of like a chaotic state, and then God began to create it says all right mm. now let's notice uh, Jeremiah now uh, Jeremiah chapter 4 verse 23 to 26 he's talking about what John is talking about and you see that in the language he uses but notice what he calls the earth read for us Genesis uh, sorry Je uh, Jeremiah 4:23-26 I beheld the earth and what was that what what did he behold the earth the earth yeah. right and indeed it was without form and void hold it just right there that's the word abyss again when they translated it right the bottomless pit in other words in Revelation you keep going and the heavens they had no light and I beheld the mountains and indeed they trembled what's that if the mountains tremble that's, that's earthquake that's the earthquake remember so we, we started with yeah. that yeah and all the hills moved back and forth, and I beheld, and indeed there was no man, and all the birds of the heavens had fled. That was interesting. Yes. I, indeed there was no man. Yeah, in other words, everybody's been destroyed. Yeah. And all the birds of the heavens had fled, I beheld, and indeed the fruitful land was a wilderness, 
and all its cities were broken down at the presence of the Lord by his fierce anger. So you've got the similar pictures you have in Revelation. Yeah, very similar. Now, mm. By the way, Jason, that's what I love about the Bible. It, it, it agrees with itself. Mm. You know, it interprets itself. So here we are. The earth, in other words, the earth in a chaotic state after Jesus Christ has come to rescue his kids, this earth is called the bottomless pit, not meaning as a big great hole, but simply abyss, a wasteland. So uh, that's the picture we have, the earth in chaos. We're going to have to go to a break, and uh, after we come back, we're going to... We'll finish off with this Satan guy. Yeah, (laughs) awesome. Um, Just remember, The End of the World is our book offer today, and we'll give you the code for that. It's a a booklet or a little magazine. Uh, It's a small magazine dedicated to the topic of Christ's second coming and this topic of Armageddon. So uh, text us in after the break. The number to text us in, you can write it down now, zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. And right after this, we'll give you the code. This is all to us. Precious cornerstone, sure foundation. You are faithful to the end. We are waiting. On you, Jesus, we believe you're all to us. Precious cornerstone, sure foundation, you are faithful to the end. We are waiting on you, Jesus. We believe you're all to us Let the glory of your name Be the passion of the church Let the righteousness of God Be a holy flame that burns Let the saving love of Christ Be the measure of our lives we believe you're all to us. Only Son of God sent from heaven. Hope and mercy at the cross. You are everything. You're the promise. Jesus, you are all to us. Let the glory of your name be the passion of the church. Let the righteousness of God be a holy flame that burns. Let the saving love of Christ be the measure of our lives. We believe you're all to us. Let the glory of your name be the passion of the church. Let the righteousness of God be a holy flame that burns. Let the saving love of Christ be the measure of our lives. We believe you're all to us. You're all to us. 
to Taz Encounters on Faith FM. And that was All To Us by Halal Music. Now, Gary, before the break, we offered this book or this booklet, The End of the World, and it's a small magazine dedicated to the topic of Christ's Second Coming and Armageddon. Now, here's the time to get the code. The code for that offer is DIG number 20, D-I-G and two zero dig twenty. Text that in to zero four eight 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 zero eight nine one, and we can get that little booklet out to you. It's specifically talking about this topic that we're talking about today, uh, the second coming and Armageddon. Uh, Gary, we've got uh, six minutes to finish up today. What left have we got to well, cover? Well, you, you remember we talked about the bottomless pit and we realised when we go to the Bible, Genesis, the book of Jeremiah, that, hey, now, this is the earth in a chaotic state after Jesus has returned to gather his friends and to rescue them from their enemies. Mm. So we talked about that. So how is Satan bound? Does an angel come and grab a big chain and wrap it around him like that? <laughs> I don't think so. I, and, and I don't think so for some good reasons, like you mm. say, Jason. When, in, when Jesus was here, it says that some demoniacs, some guys filled with demons, chains were were bound to these guys, but they snapped them like pieces of cotton. You can't chain up a devil with an iron chain. He's too strong for that. So what sort of chains are we talking about here? Remember, this is a symbolic book. The Mm. dragon is not a real dragon. (laughs) It's Mm. Satan. Mm. So the chains, what's that? Well, let me ask you a question. Let's think about where God's friends are. Where are God's friends at this time? Where have they? Where, where, where are they, Jason? Do you remember last week? They've been caught up to go with Jesus right. to heaven. The dead were raised mm. to life, mm. those friends of Jesus, and the living were caught up last week. And we read that in uh, the, the Lord's Prayer, Our Father which is in heaven. Yeah. And Jesus said, I'm going to take you to be where my Father is. So mm. they're in heaven. He can't get at them. He's on this earth. Shackled, so to speak, in what way? Well, he can't do what he loves doing, and that's deception and destruction. He can't get at God's friends. Can he get at those who cling to sin? No, because they've been uh, killed at the second coming. Exactly right. We just read it. So Mm. they've been destroyed. We read it from Jeremiah. We read it from Revelation. So he's got nobody to get at. That's how he's chained. Mm. He can't do what he loves doing. Jesus said he's a liar and a murderer. Now, let me illustrate it this way. You imagine if you said to me, hey, Gary, I hear you're going over to Perth in a couple of weeks. Um, Could you pick up a box for me and bring it back? And I say, sorry, Jason, I can't. My hands are tied. You don't think I'm going to jump on the plane here at Hobart Airport with my hands tied by some rope. <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah. The circumstances don't allow because I'm actually not coming back. 
Mm. I'm going off to, to, to live in London mm. and I'm going to stay there. You know? right. <laughs> well, I'm not really. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, in other words, it's the circumstances. Well, the circumstances mm. chain up this guy. He can't get at anybody. Now, what are God's friends during this thousand years? Because you just mentioned that they're in heaven. They're in heaven. So what, what, are, they what doing? are they doing? Yeah. Read for us Revelation 26. So 20 verse 6 says, This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is he who has part in the first resurrection. Over such the second death has no power, but they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. What does it mean they're reigning with Christ Mm. a thousand years in heaven? What does that mean? Read for us Revelation 20 verse 4 now. It explains it. And I saw thrones and they sat on them and judgment was committed to them. And they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. Okay, so the the idea of reigning and on thrones is not about sitting like a king or something. They are sort of, but they're participating, what you just read, in a sort of a judgment process, mm. a so, court scene. So what is that judgment? Yeah, now God's, God's friends participate in judgment. And Paul spoke about this. Mm-hmm. I, I want you to read for us in a moment. First uh, Corinthians chapter six, verse two and three, and let me give you the context. Paul said, you know, in his letter to the Corinthians, that they were taking each other to court. He heard about this, and he said, "Come on, you guys, don't take each other to court. Can't you sort out your own little tiffs? Because one day, this is what you're going to be doing." Mm. Now, read for us First Corinthians six, verse two and three. Do you not know that the saints will judge the world? Do you not know that we shall judge angels? Wow, what angels would those be? I guess the evil angels. Yeah, the ones who cling yeah. to sin. And the world would be those who didn't choose to... Uh, yeah, who clung to... Yeah, who who cling, didn't want to go to heaven. <laughs> they clung to sin, yeah. exactly. So we're yeah. going to participate in the judgment process. Mm. And by the judgment, Jason, people will understand that God is just and God is fair. Because now, in actual fact, that God's character has been maligned down through time in various mm. ways. I want you to read for us one more verse, and that's verse Revelation fifteen three and 4, and see what happens when judgment takes place. Great and marvellous are your works, Lord God Almighty. Just and true are your ways, O King of the saints. Who shall not fear you, O Lord, and glorify your name? For you alone are holy. For all nations shall come and worship before you, for your judgments have been manifested. In other words, by the judgment, people see, ah, God is a fair God, he's a just God, he's a good God. Mm. Let's just take up a picture here. Let's imagine all our listeners out there in listening to Faith FM and you are in heaven one day, Mm. and that's what I pray that will happen. But Mm. Webster's not, Mm. God forbid. I'm not there, and so you guys, you you know, you, all your friends from radio, come. We're going to ask some you. questions. Yeah, going to ask. Where, where, where's that Webster guy? Hey God, were you fair? Were you? Yeah. <laughs> so you can imagine God saying, "Let, let, let me let, come come over here to the records. I want to show you something." Mm. And maybe it's the MP3s, or you know, pull out down the computer, you know, <laughs> records. In other words, yeah. and you see, man, this guy cheated on the tax. De- Taxes. He uh, he had a couple of women beside his wife on the sideline. He's a crook. And, and now you're going to understand God's justice. God's not going to say, "Well, never you mind. I know what I'm doing." No, God is going to allow a process so we understand Him, mm. understand what's going on. So, Jason, as we wrap up here, uh, when because we need to look at what happens after this, but notice what happens. At the beginning of the thousand years, the earth is destroyed, so to speak, in life. The cities are broken down, Mm. and uh, that's the Battle of Armageddon. The the, the mountains crumble. The mountains crumble. Mm. The unsaved are dead. Mm. 
They either die or they're already dead and they stay dead or they're destroyed. Satan is bound to this earth by the circumstances. He's got no one to work on. And God saved friends. His friends are, are in a, participating in some sort of a judgment where they understand the kindness, the justice and the love of God. We'll pick up next week uh, the, the, what happens after because that helps us. But I just want to wrap up on this little verse, Jason. Mm. I love what it says in Revelation sixteen fifteen, right in the middle of this passage on Armageddon again that says behold I am coming as a thief blessed is he who watches in other words who stays awake and keeps his garment you know God gives us the righteousness of Jesus that's what gets us through the judgment not our righteousness but Jesus died for us on Calvary and when we accept him when the judgment comes up we have nothing to be afraid of because Jesus stands for us beautiful thought isn't it from right there from Revelation Mm, Amen Well, next week, Gary, we're going to, I guess, continue this topic, but go beyond this battle of Armageddon. Yes, we're going to we're going to go beyond Armageddon. We're going to look at the death of death, and that's good news. And uh, let me tell you, next week's an awesome, awesome program that we have, and we finish on a on a tremendously high picture of what God is like and what He's got for us. Amen. And tomorrow you can join Tabitha and Raiko with his program 3MJ. He's going to be talking about the upper room. This is Jesus' final week. And, uh, yeah, the upper room tomorrow with Tabitha and Raiko. Now, if you haven't yet texted in uh, the book offer for today, The End of the World, it's a, uh, a book that talks about Christ's second coming and this topic of Armageddon. And so text DIG number 20 to 0488 880891 and we can get that book out to you as soon as we can. So that's it for today and we hope you can join us next week with uh, Gary um, and of course tomorrow with Raiko. Wherever you are, have a great day. Marvelous, wonderful, infinite God Author of all that is good Faithful provider and giver of life Source of all power and love Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise Refuge of strength to the Redeemer and mighty to save He's the anchor of hope for the souls of men Gracious, compassionate, merciful God Radiant, holy delight Beautiful Father, victorious Son Source of unchangeable light Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise Refuge of strength to the end Righteous Redeemer and mighty to save He's the anchor of hope for the souls of men You are are healing for the broken heart you are hope you are lord you are life you are love that endures powerful
faithful, constant, unwavering guide, shepherd who comes for the lost, rock of salvation, remarkable love, savior who died on the cross. Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise, refuge of strength to the 